and it's a health decision. It's not a moral decision. It's a matter of whether you want to be pregnant or not and how to safely prevent that. Hello, people of the interwebs. I'm Tash Doherty, and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods, and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. This week, I met with AJ in Oakland, California. AJ is 29, and she lives with her cat, Philomena. AJ works as a nurse practitioner in reproductive health, so she's inserted IUDs and implants hundreds of times, which is super cool. I'm really excited that we got to feature her for an episode of our podcast because it helps us see that doctors and nurses, especially female medical professionals, have their own birth control stories too. AJ's fears and concerns throughout her own story are just as real as ours as women when we're going to the doctors. She was once a curious teenager trying to figure out what was up from down. AJ has the hormonal IUD, which is an intrauterine device, and she has the marina. Getting an IUD inserted is painful, but it's a very quick procedure. You can have a day or two of cramping, so be sure to take some ibuprofen. And then after that, you can bleed lightly for up to a couple of weeks to a couple of months. So after you get your IUD, you'll probably have to wear a panty liner for a while. But after all those not-so-great initial side effects, most women with the hormonal IUDs have lighter or no periods for the years after that. So that's like four and a half years. So as long as you can brace yourself for this pain up front, for most women, getting a hormonal IUD is totally worth it. So my name is AJ. I am 29 years old and I live in Oakland, California. How did I first learn about birth control? I don't remember a specific moment of being like, oh, there is something to prevent pregnancy and that's what this is. My first kind of personal interaction with birth control was being in high school. I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and I had a fairly serious for at that stage of life boyfriend. We had been dating for a few months, and I remember my mom bought me some condoms and put them under the sink in my bathroom and said, you know, they're here in case you need them. Um, I think she had tried to start a conversation with me and it was before we were having sex and I had just been like, mom, I don't need that right now. And she said, okay, that's fine. I'm just gonna leave them here. Just that kind of little bit of a nudge or support of we don't have to have a full conversation if you don't want to, you might not need them now, but if you need them in the future, like here is this. Once we did start having sex, which I did start having sex with that partner, I was so scared to use them and that she would like check to see if some were taken. And even though she is like not a conservative person and obviously was like very supportive, there still was this like weird thing as a teenager about like my mom knowing that I was having sex as if, you know, she didn't know and I could keep it from her. That was that kind of silly moment. But <laughs> I do remember having it like buying my own condoms and not using hers just so that I wouldn't take some out of the box. <laughs> like later on in high school, we had a family friend who was an OBGYN and my mom had me go and talk to him. He was a male, male doctor, um, and talk to him a little bit. And I don't remember exactly what we talked about or even if 
he did an exam or if it was just a conversation, but I actually started using the NuvaRing um, and I would go every few months and get a bag of free samples. And it was like one of those little paper bags, like lunch bags. And I would like stop up at the front desk, check in with the receptionist and she would just give me my little like lunch bag of NuvaRing for the few months. <laughs> so I remember using that in high school for a period of time as well. So those were some of my kind of first birth control experiences. And what did you think of the NuvaRing? Like, did you like it? Yeah, I did. You know, I was young at that time. I was like, you know, 16, 17 years old. And I don't remember if it was something that I sought out or if he just recommended, but I don't have any strong memories of it. You know, it just seemed like a normal thing to do. It didn't seem too weird or gross. And it was a little bit more convenient, I think, than the pills. And it was nice that I could get them for free and just kind of stop by and for most of college, I didn't wasn't really dating around, and so that wasn't really kind of a priority or something that I thought about. I think I used NuvaRing for a while, but because I wasn't having sex for, I didn't have a partner, I wasn't having sex, I stopped using it. And then towards the end of college, or maybe right after college, I had more of a committed partner and was you know thinking about what to do as far as birth control. I was interested in using the IUD. I worked at a free clinic and part of our training was to have counseling on all the different contraceptive methods. So, you know, we talked about spermicide and about cervical caps. And, and I remember being really interested in the IUD and yet because I didn't know somebody who was on it, I didn't think about accessing that for myself until I was seeing a patient in the free clinic um, and was talking to her about a few different things and the method of birth control that she was using came up and she had an IUD. She was about my age and just having one person who had used it was, oh wait, I can do that. Whereas before it seemed like this kind of theoretical thing that like sure some people did, but I didn't know kind of what it would look like or what that would mean. So when I saw someone that seemed kind of similar to me who was using it, it seemed like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I feel like I know exactly what birth control method all of my friends are on now. But at that time, you know, I was, I don't know, like 20, 21. And this was what, like 2009 or something. And so they were a lot less common than they are now. Most of the people that I knew about their birth control methods, it was either kind of the pill or some variation of that. And this was the first kind of personal experience that I had with somebody using a method that was different. Some of the things that interested in me in the IUD when I had first learned about it were the effectiveness and the ease of it. I think I Googled clinics that had the IUD. I talked to the family friend of mine who's an OBGYN and they did not do them at his practice. Um, what kind of practice is that? Yeah. <laughs> An older, like, obstetrician in 2010, I guess. <laughs> I found a family practice clinic in town that did them and made an appointment. I had to do a consult appointment with them first to kind of check in and talk a little bit more about it. I did by chance end up seeing someone that I knew for the consult appointment, but it wasn't intentional. At that point, I 
was towards the end of my master's program to be a nurse practitioner. And I was in Philadelphia at the time. And the student health center didn't do IUDs, but they recommended going to the local Planned Parenthood. And the nurse practitioner that I saw for a consult appointment actually was a graduate from the nurse practitioner program that I was in. And so I had met her and chatted with her previously and knew her in that context. Um, She didn't end up being the provider that actually did my IUD placement. But yeah, so I did end up knowing some people in the process, but I didn't specifically seek them out. It more so was about what was most convenient and where I can get in quickest at that point. But I was a little bit frustrated that I had to have a consult appointment beforehand. I don't think they did an exam at that time. I think it was just a conversation. And then after that, I came back in, I don't know, maybe a few weeks later or so and had the IUD placed. I have the hormonal IUD, the Mirena. And it definitely was very uncomfortable, especially afterwards, but they gave me prescription strength ibuprofen and I kind of toughed it out. I might've had some cramping like throughout the week. Back then it wasn't really explained to me exactly what was happening, how long it was gonna take, what to expect. I think I had some irregular bleeding after it was initially placed, but I don't remember how bad it was. Yeah, it clearly wasn't enough that it like really affected my life in a memorable way. (laughs) And I really liked the ease of it and not having to think about something. That partner at the time, we were together for a little while and then broke up. And it was like, you know, I didn't have a partner for maybe a year or so, but it was still nice that I knew that I didn't have to worry about pregnancy. I really liked not getting my period too. And I knew that I didn't want to get pregnant for the next few years and didn't have any plans of doing that anytime soon. So even though I didn't have a partner in that moment, it was still something that I wanted to continue on. Once it came around the time for my IUD to expire, um, I had it replaced. It was super easy, quick. I don't even really remember having too much cramping. I took some ibuprofen beforehand. I think it also was really helpful because I knew a lot more about the insertion process at that time. So I could place the different sensations that were happening with what was going on in the process and how long it would last. So even though there were parts that were uncomfortable, I knew that they would be quick. And so I think that really helped that be really seamless. Yeah, there are some strong sensations with it, but they're usually pretty quick. And fortunately for me, with the replacement, I didn't really have cramping afterwards. That time it was just during the procedure itself, and afterwards everything was fine. Um, I didn't even really have too much spotting. At that point, I hadn't had a full period in years. I'd had some spotting throughout the last few years, but it pretty much stayed like that. I've been on this new IUD for, I don't know, about two years now. I mean, there's still STDs and all that fun stuff, but... (laughs) So now that you're, you've been practicing as a nurse practitioner for a while, how has your opinion of birth control changed and how do you relate that to your own experience going through your birth control journey? Yeah, I mean, I've just come to see how varied those experiences can be, varied in the sense of how each person's body can respond to a specific device or method, and also varied in the sense of what different people's priorities are. So whether that's prioritizing something that's effective, prioritizing something that's going to give them consistent bleeding that they can predict, whether those priorities are like decreasing the risk of weight gain or acne or other things too. Um, Some people feel really uncomfortable with having something foreign in their body, whether that's an implant or an IUD and other people feel like that's very normal and um, effectiveness um, is one thing that people think about. Some, Some people just want the most effective thing. 
And some people don't really care that much about effectiveness, which is something that was surprising to me when I became a healthcare provider. There are a lot of women that feel ambivalent about pregnancy. And so having the most effective thing to them is not the most important. And maybe some of those side effects or bleeding might be more important to them. I was somebody who wanted the most effective thing. (laughs) Um, And so it was surprising to me to find that that's not importance for everybody and that there's not one particular thing that's going to work best for everybody and my goal as a healthcare provider is to provide the information you know the training and knowledge that I have from a medical perspective about the side effects about the potential reactions about what type of bleeding someone can expect and that they can provide information about what their priorities and goals and lifestyle are so that we can kind of come up with a decision together what might work best for them And our predictions might not be the right thing. We might put in an IUD in someone and that they have, um, you know, specific side effects or cramping or the bleeding profile is really uncomfortable for them. Um, And we don't know that that's going to be the case until we try something out sometimes. There are studies that show that I think on average, a woman changes her birth control seven times across her lifespan. Um, And sometimes that's trying out certain methods that end up not working. Sometimes that's something that works at one point in your life does not something that works well for you at another point in your life because of whatever commitments or responsibilities or priorities change across your life. There is a lot of misinformation about different types of birth control that's out there. There are a lot of anecdotal stories of, you know, one person having a bad experience. Um, And while those are possibilities, I think it can be hard sometimes to put that in the context of how likely that is. And I also think that birth control has been used as a weapon against some people too. Um, There is a history in our country of like forced sterilization and forced use of LARCs and tying that to assistance programs like welfare for black and brown and poor people. And so there's a lot of mistrust for some of those things. And I think that that's totally valid. Um, And sometimes it takes a while to build up that trust with a patient that they're going to trust what you're saying and the information that you're giving them. I would really encourage younger people or my younger self to talk about what they're doing. Um, I think that information is really powerful. Birth control can be this kind of taboo thing to talk about because there is one side that it's like admitting that maybe you're having sex. (laughs) And some people really feel uncomfortable in our country talking about that. Um, And I don't think that it has to be an uncomfortable thing. By normalizing those types of conversations, there's a lot more information that we can gather and we can share with each other. But we're not going to be able to get that information unless we can start to have more conversations around it. And at a younger age, too, there are plenty of teenagers that are having sex. The best method for someone is the one that they like the most um, and that they're going to use consistently. And that might be condoms for somebody and that might be an IUD for another person. And until you get that information, you're not going to be able to make the most informed decisions about it. There are a lot of moral judgments that people can have around people that are sexually active, around people that are, you know, making empowered decisions about their body and about their fertility. And so that makes it a more taboo subject to talk about. I think that's ridiculous. And I think that I am very lucky to kind of have a social circle where we talk about these things all the time, but this is also, you know, people who provide healthcare, especially sexual and reproductive healthcare. So I know that I'm really lucky to have those conversations (laughs) with people and to have that be really normal. 
It's a part of our lives. It's a part of the decisions that we're making. And it's a health decision. It's not a moral decision. It's it's a matter of whether you want to be pregnant or not and how to safely prevent that. What really struck me about AJ's story is that even when she was training to be a nurse practitioner, the hormonal IUD still felt like this theoretical birth control method to her. Some of us have been there before, during an appointment with your doctor, and they just show you a picture of the birth control methods on a chart and how effective each one is, and you kind of think to yourself, like, what? Do any women actually use any of these methods? Well, as it turns out, they do. And hopefully from listening to our podcast, so you can feel like you know some awesome women out there in the world who are using birth control and are living their lives to the full. Thank you for joining us for this show. As always, if you have any feedback or want to get in touch with me, please DM me on Instagram. My handle is Tash R. Doherty. Or you can write me a little message and contact me at www.tashdoherty.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Lots of love. Bye.